The following is a North Carolina Baptist resource. For more, visit ncbaptist.org. Let me share with you some uh, projects. What you have in your hand is something called the Acts 239 Missional Families. And what you have is a parent guide and a leader guide. And we're going to walk you through those semi-quickly. But at the same time, we want to make sure that you walk out of here with an understanding on how you could use this at your church. So I'm going to invite uh, Jamie Burkett to come up here and he's going to get us off and running. All right. Thanks, Mark. Well, we want to uh, engage your brains for a moment. And uh, how many of y'all work with students? Okay. How how many work with college students? Okay. So I I have some questions. I want to see how good you guys are here. So first question. This is for everybody. What percentage of Protestant American churchgoers read their Bibles daily? What would you say? Just throw out some answers. How much? 5%? Less than 10%? 7%? Y'all, I need to pray for you. You're very cynical this morning. Um, the actual answer is 32%. Yes. All right. We can only go up from here, so yes. All right, next question. What percentage of teens raised by parents who treated religion as unimportant were highly religious as young adults? What do you all think? Some, I've seen. Some, okay. So that's more than none. Okay, you are absolutely right. Can we get more specific? 16%? 60%, okay. All right, everybody's afraid to answer now. It's just... One percent. One percent. I'm going to just let that sink in for a second. Next question. What percentage of teens raised by parents who talked about faith at home were highly religious as young adults? Okay, so we saw those that treated it as unimportant. One percent. What if people were were treating it as important and they're talking about it at their home? Seventy-two. Seventy-two. Thirty. Thirty. Ninety-some. Ninety-some. Okay, so kind of across the spectrum now, 82%. That's a vast difference, isn't it? Okay, so here's, here's where, you know, um, the rubber hits the road. If that's true, if it's not important and only, you know, teens, young adults, only 1% stay in the church. If it's not important at home, 82% stay. If it is... What percentage are actually staying in the church as young adults? What do you guys think? I'm sure you've heard the numbers. What do you think? 82. 88% dropout. 88% dropout. Okay. All right. How many think it's above 50? Below 50? How many of you are Baptists and just won't raise your hand? <laughs> All right. That's good. It's actually 66%. You think we may have a problem here? About, about a third of those will eventually come back um, and, into the church. And these are LifeWay statistics and statistics from uh, uh, National Youth uh, Institute. And so these are pretty hard numbers. These, these are pretty good numbers. But what if we could paint a different picture? And so Mark's going to come up and, and share with us how we can do that. <clears throat> Let me kind of walk us through these questions. What if the families in your church, what if, number one, they were consistently opening God's Word together at home? What if we could 
could, could help them to see the value of that, to be able to resource them, to help them to understand just what it could actually mean in their home, not just today, but for the future. Second question. Seeing their homes and neighborhoods as a mission field. No matter where they live, whether they live out way out in the country or in apartments, in suburbs, I mean, wherever they live, they have folks that they interact with on a pretty regular basis outside of their home. What if we could resource them, we could train them, we could help them to see what opportunities they could have with their neighbors and be missional about it? What about if they started coming on Sunday mornings and they start eagerly, they come to eagerly give of their time, talent, and treasures instead of sitting back and waiting on you to do everything, waiting on just, a, just the, the next show, the next thing that happens. And, and what if we could maybe start to kind of help them start to think about what they're really on mission about? You know, in, in Acts chapter 2, Peter is, is, is preaching on the day of Pentecost. I mean, he's going through the book of Psalms. He's going through books of, the book of Joel. And he's pulling out these different passages. And he's just cutting it to the quick. I mean, he's just really zeroing in on what has just happened with Christ's death, burial, and his resurrection, and then his ascension. And he's starting to talk to these people, and they start to make connection with all of, all of what Jesus did all through his three years of ministry. And they start to realize, we're lost and we need something. We got to have, we got to have something. We're missing something in our lives. And we'll look what they do. Said, Peter, what should we do? They, they ask him point blank and look at what he says. He says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for forgiveness of sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now we're talking God in us, not just God was, was with them. Now we're talking that he's going to be a permanent resident in us. He says, and notice what he says, he says, because this message, this promise, it's for you. Notice what, he, notice what Peter's saying. He's saying this, this gift of the Holy Spirit, this, this salvation that you receive when you receive the gospel and say yes to Him, then this message, it starts with you. It has to start with you. You've got to be the one that it, that it starts, to, starts to come out from. And so Peter's really zeroing in on, on the starting point. But then notice what he says next. And of course, Peter, he has a mother-in-law, so we know that he, he was, he was family-oriented. Then he says it's for your children. Do you see the, do you see the, I don't want to call it a progression, but do you start to see the circles here? It starts with you and then those very people that God has entrusted to you. The people he has given you that, 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 that have your last name. The people who eat all your food, who mess up your clothes, who tear up your house. Those are the precious little ones that God says, they're your first mission field. And then he says, and then everybody else. It's the people that live right outside your door, across the street, down the road that you see at the grocery store, at the gym, the people you work with, go to school with. All these people are our neighbors. And we won't get into all that, but just know this. People who need Christ, <laughs> they're our neighbors. And so what Peter's really trying to help us to see is is it's, it's got to start with you. It's got to be it's got to be a saturation of your home because nobody's going to hold you more accountable to your faith, mom and dad, than those kids because they watch you. They don't know that you're telling them to take out the trash. You got to tell them twenty times that. 
But they know whenever you're talking smack about somebody. They hear you. They zero in on you. And so, so they're listening and they're, they're actually imitating you on so many levels. And so raising children, it's an adventure. <laughs> but it's, it's a missional opportunity that we have in our homes and then right outside of our homes. On your program today, um, in the, in, when, we got, when you saw our, our, our list of breakout, we didn't get a chance to, to put Stephanie Jackson's name on that. And so I want to say, number one, I ask, ask you for forgiveness because we didn't know she would be here. But today she's here and I want her to come up. Stephanie Jackson is the children's director, children's ministry director of North Wake. And we just want to just let you just have a few minutes and share what you have been a part of as far as this project and what God's doing with you and your church. I'm so excited to be with all of you today and to share with you about how God has been at work through this Missional Families Project at my church, Northway Church. Um, one of the really neat things that I want to share with you today is about a month ago, we had a gigantic missions conference at our church. Now, just to share with you, our church is very, you know, we aren't big, but our heart is big for the nations. And so we were so excited to get in and share about what it meant to be missional, how to live missionally um, as a church. And so for us, the Missional Families Project was amazing because we were able to equip our families with sharing the gospel with their kids kids, which is amazing. Whenever you think about the mission field that God has given us in our kids, if you've ever heard of something called the 1040 window by Lewis Bush, he also coined another phrase called the four to 14 window, which means the number of children and the number of people who come to Christ between the ages of four and 14 is 83% of those who come to Christ do so between that age. And so whenever you're thinking about your mission field, and as Dr. Mark shared with us, thinking about in our home, within the walls of our home, and this fantastic resource helps us think about how do we reach those inside the walls of our home? And then how do we take that and then think about our next door neighbors? And so it's so exciting to me because I have a five-year-old and he can think about how do I share the gospel with Nicole who lives next door? So at the same time, he's hearing and seeing and learning about what does it mean to know Christ? And so this resource was such a blessing. And let me tell you, as a mom, it was a blessing. And then last month, as we got to hand it out to all of of our families, it was amazing how many of them took it and held it and said, this is a treasure. We have been praying for a way to reach our neighbors. How do we even start? And so this resource was one that, at least at our church, that we had been really praying for and our families had really been hungry for. And so I'm so excited to see the fruit that God will produce through this Missional Families Project. And I really pray that it will be a grand resource to you in your church. So, thank you. So we're really excited. We, we prepared this resource. I'm going to take you through just a little bit of the leader guide right now. So you have this. This is the packet. We're going to be on page 12 um, in, in the leader guide. And what we tried to do when we started this project is, is people who are in the church, working you know, with the church and kind of in the trenches with a lot of you, with all of you, Uh, doing ministry, we understand some of the the hindrances that we have uh, in ministry, sometimes getting leaders. Well, I don't know how to teach or I don't know how to, whatever the case may be. So what we tried to do is give a resource that we kind of remove some of those excuses. 
and tried to do everything we could to kind of just put it in the, the, the ballpark of any leader that wanted to step in and try to walk with parents in this. And so when you look at the leader guide on, on page 12, should be week four, kind of this is what, what it would look like uh, for your leaders. They can access, access this online at missionalfamilies.org. And they could print it off or they could just look at it online. And what you would start with, if you look in the upper left-hand corner right there, it says, watch week four leaders video before class, right? So there's my pretty mug shot. And so basically what we do in this video is it's about a two-minute video or give or take. And we give just a synopsis of, hey, this is what you're going to be seeing this week. This is what you need to kind of be focusing on this week and what your leaders need to know about what's coming up this week. And so after watching that video... You would look at this main page here. This last week's look back is what you would do in class with, with your, your parents. Basically, it's an accountability measure. It's, it's how you can help them. You would work through those questions about a memory verse challenge, devotional readings, the engagement tools, and you would just kind of work through that with them, trying to help them get into a rhythm of being missionally minded at home. And, and for your preparation beforehand and for kind of the, the class time as you work through this, you would start right here where it says preparing your group for the upcoming week. So the focus for that week is be transformed by God's word. And that's going to be everything's going to be pointing to this. All of the devotionals that your parents will have during the week to do with their kids. Jamie's going to talk about that in a second. It's all going to be driving in week four towards being transformed by God's word. And so we this little section right here at the bottom of page 12 talks about in the upcoming week. We're going to build on the foundation that we've been working on since week one. And so you would you would kind of read through that. If you flip over to page 13, uh, you would get to the next section. It's kind of a lesson overview and key points. We're, we kind of give you somewhat of just a summary, uh, kind of a synopsis, a little bit of a commentary on kind of what is coming up and what is actually being said in the text. Again, we were trying to help your leaders be able to be leaders and not be intimidated by I have to come up with my own lesson and I have to come up with my own talking points and Stuff of that nature. And so, you know, we work through 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17, and we talk about four truths that he reveals here. Teaching, uh, rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness. And we kind of put it in reading format so they could just read through it and then kind of give their own synopsis. They could make it their own. They could bring it into their own kind of vocabulary to be able to share with their parents because your leaders, you, you know the context of your your, your, your homes. We don't. We, we don't know. So we tried to leave it as general as we could so that it could be context, contextualized for your parents and for your leaders. But we gave group conversation questions at the end of the lesson. You know, do you consider daily Bible study to be a difficult task? Why or why not? We wanted to try to help spur in discussion because this is what we're encouraging your parents to do, our parents to do at home is spurn discussion with your children. Let's talk about the word. Let's talk about its implications. And so we tried to mimic that in class. You know, why do you think biblical application is Paul's solution uh, to the wickedness in the world? Four truths given above, which do you consider the most difficult to apply? thing to remember for your leaders and for us is that most of our parents are not doing this at home. Um, you know, let's just, uh, if we could be fully transparent for a moment, we're all in the church. There's a lot of pastors and deacons that aren't doing this at home. And it's not because they're bad people. Because this has never been a priority for the church. And, and we want to be able to get it back into the home because the parents are the most influential people. It's not us, right? It's not us. The stat that, that some of you may be familiar with, we, we get 40 hours with them. And that's for active students that are present. Parents have 3,000. Ne- we're never going to overcome that. So we want to equip them to utilize those 3,000 hours. And we also give your, your, your leaders a reminder right there in the right upper right-hand corner. Reminders for the upcoming week to remind your parents as you're sending them into this week 
to be the, the missional parents at home as they start going through these devotionals with their, their children at home. And so to talk a little bit more about kind of what that week would look like for your parents when they're away from you, Jamie's going to come up here and, and walk us through um, some of the, the parent devotionals. Yeah, so go ahead and grab this uh, guide here. This is, this is your parent devotional guide. And, and this is really, like, like uh, Stephanie said, it's a treasure. I, I'm thankful for what uh, God's done in my own family's life as we've gone through this. So let's go ahead and, and, and go through it. Flip open to the index. And, um, you know, my favorite discipleship resources are always those that point back to the Bible, right? And, and this is exactly that. And, and there's some themes that we go through. But the first week, the first thing, as Eric said, you know, a lot of our parents are not in the habit of having a, a daily time with the Lord and His Word. And so our first week, we're going to say, parents, start there. You need to be in the Word, uh, doing it together, maybe talking about it. Because if you're going to take your children somewhere, you've got to go there first. So we're going to give you a week to get started to being in God's Word. And you can see week two through seven, they kind of build on each other. So week two is, hey, we've got to start with loving God. All right? Uh, so it's, uh, everything is focused on, on that, that, that truth that we need to love God. It's looking at Scripture. Uh, week three, once we love God, then we want to know more about Him. We want to know what He says. So we're going to love God's Word. Uh, week four, as we're loving God, as we're in his word, the Holy Spirit is going to be transforming us. And that's what week uh, four is, being, is talking about, being transformed by God's word. And the week five, as we're doing all this, you see how it's building on one another. We're loving God. We're getting in his word. We're being transformed by the Holy Spirit. He's got our heart. And now we have the heart of God. We want to be missional. We're going to go out into the world, starting with those in our home, going out in concentric circles to, to our neighbors, to those that we work with, and eventually to the ends of the earth. Um, but as we're doing that, in our zeal, we want to be tactful. right? We don't want to just burn bridges as, as soon as we're trying to, to make them. And so we're going to look at that in uh, week six, be tactful. And then week seven... Hey, we've all done this. Um, I don't know how many times I've started an exercise routine and then I just quit. I mean, it's the end of February. Has anybody still doing their New Year's resolution? You know, <laughs> we want to be faithful, right? This is not a one-time thing. Jesus didn't say, go and make disciples once. It's an ongoing, lifelong process. And so we want to encourage you all to be faithful. So that's, that's the structure. That's the overall themes. Um, so let's, uh, again, go back to week four. If you flip right to the middle of your book, that's week four, and then turn back just a couple pages, uh, you're going to see this right here. All right? So let, let me walk you, you all through uh, what a week looks like. Each week, again, we want to be in God's Word. We're going to have a weekly memory verse that our entire family are going to do. And, and, and parents in here, grandparents, your children are going to be better at this than you. Just, just humble yourselves right now. They're going to soak it up. And that's encouraging. It's exciting. All right? So you're going to be memorizing uh, God's Word. But not only that, we're going to give you some tools. All right? Tools to be able to engage. We're not just going to say, hey, go talk to your neighbor. We're going to give you tools to say, hey, here are some ideas. Here's some strategies to be able to do that. And your kids are going to be a lot less afraid to do that than you. Again, uh, who's leading who in this, right? We're bringing them to the Word, but 
I, I love this. Someone taught me this one, one time. There is no such thing as a Julie, uh, junior Holy Spirit. Right? If your kids know the Lord, that same Holy Spirit lives in them that lives in you. And I, I've seen my kids do things that I was scared to death to do uh, as, they, as we went through this. Um, this page uh, with these lines, um, as you're in perhaps a, a leader's class, you can take notes there. So we're trying to make it easy for the parents. You'll also see right here, um, there's a uh, parent video. There's, there's Stephanie. You're going to want to watch that. All right. <laughs> Um, and what this does is sort of how the leaders have their own video that, that trains them how, how to teach a little bit, gives them an overview. We're giving parents an overview of what they're looking for, some encouragement, and, and we're praying for them in those videos. They're short, um, so it, it's not time-consuming at all. And then as you flip through here, you can see, there it is. Um, we're going to tell you to read your Bible. All right, We didn't even put the scripture in here. Uh, number one, everybody uses different translations. But number two, we want to get parents and, and children in the habit of going into their Bible, not just using another book, getting in the Word. And then there's a short devotional that's based on that passage. And then uh, this is really one of the things that's been awesome about this study is these family conversation starters. And, and it's sort of unique because we've designed it for three different age levels, for, for preschoolers, for elementary, and then for teens. And that's, that's pretty much where I'm at right now. I have a 7th grader, a 5th grader, and a 1st uh, grader. And we did this a year ago. And, and so just to be able to have the same conversation but at the appropriate level was huge. Because what I was able to get out of my teenager was great. Um, my elementary school, I, I, she understood. And, and my, my younger child, she, she got it as well. And so that's been very, very helpful um, and so you'll have five, five days to do that each week, all right? Um, you may be feeling overwhelmed right now. You know, when, when, when I first saw this, and I helped develop some of it, and I was feeling overwhelmed, it's was like, when am I going to have the time to do this, right? It's just one more thing. I just recently uh, moved churches, and uh, my kids, it's a relatively close move, but it's a different school uh, district, and so, you know, I'm driving them 45 minutes, uh, you know, there's 20 minutes up there, 20 minutes back to work every morning. I'm just busy. Y'all are in ministry. Uh, kids have homework. When are we going to sit down and do this? And, and so that, that's a question a lot of people have. And you might be wondering right now, you know, first of all, it's just five days a week out of seven. All right. It takes about 15 minutes to go through this with discussion. All right. And what we need, to, we need to move on from is we, we probably all have good intentions, right, to, to, to lead our children, uh, to, to witness, to be faithful. But we need to move on from being, having good intentions and, and move to being intentional, okay? We need to, to start taking advantage of the times that we have already built into our schedule, the, the regular rhythms of our life. And so I just told you I have a, a rather large commute uh, every morning, but I have my son right next to me as I'm taking him to school, and while I'm taking him to school, I'm able to pray for him. I'm able to ask him what he's, he's learning in his Bible time. Uh, I'm able to, to just you know, have those conversations with him. Um, I'm, I'm there anyways. Instead of having the radio on, instead of having his earbuds in, we're talking. So we're being intentional about that. Every night with my youngest, we, we, we pray together 
All right, we, we have a bedtime routine. If you have a younger child and, and they, if they sleep at all, you probably have a bedtime routine. And um, so take advantage of that bedtime routine to implement some of this. That might be a great time to, to say, hey, you know, we just read this devotional. This could be a bedtime story. We just read this. What do you think about that? Taking advantage of the time that you have already built into your schedule. We're not trying to add one more thing. We're trying to do the main thing. And we're trying to do that within the schedule that we already have. So that's just a little bit about this book. Um, Mark, you coming up next? Actually, I'm going to stay up here. Um, And Stephanie, you're welcome to come up here if you you feel like you can. Yeah, come on up. Uh, We want to just spend the the remainder of our time uh, just with Q&A because we know we're also standing between you and and lunch. And so so we want to be very, very uh, conscientious of that. But... um, um, we try to do our best with uh, giving you just a little bit of a snapshot of what all this is all about, but just wanted to hear maybe some things that maybe a question that popped into your mind. Yes, sir. So starting uh, on week two, you have the uh, family conversation starters. Mm-hmm. And then on week one, it just says next steps. That's right. Right. So is that something you just... You don't do with the kids for week one? Or? So week one is just you and, and it's a, so the parents together. Okay. Or, or if it's a single mom, a single mom, single dad, single dad. We're trying to get them into the habit of having a quiet time. I'm spending time with the Lord. Yeah, week one takes you through the five focuses. So it kind of gives the parents an overview of what they're going to be doing for the next six weeks um, to help them through that. And the reason, another reason for that is a lot of parents have never had a Bible study together. And, and so we're trying to kind of maybe set a, set a little bit of a precedence with them and planting a seed with them, hoping that this will continue after the study, obviously. But, but then at the same time, we're also saying, hey, you know what, mom and dad, you really need to be doing this prior to you trying to pull in your, your kids, just so that you could, you could just, you know, when they ask you because they think that you've gone to some, like the, mom, the, the kids will, they see right through our, through our intentions and they'll say, what, what, um, what conference did you just go to, mom and dad? You know, who, you know where, where, where did you get this whole idea? And, and the moms and dads can say, well, listen, we haven't been doing this together as a family. Matter of fact, it wasn't until last week that we started doing it as a couple. And we just see God calling us to do this, now, not just as a couple, but as a family. And so it's, it's, we, we really tried to dovetail it into just the, the, the natural rhythm of their home. Great question. Thank you. Tim, do you have a question? Yeah. Uh, is the missional family group gathering, would that be like, so, like a class that would be taught at the church? Yeah, thank, yeah, I appreciate you asking that. Um, so you can do it a, a number of different ways. Um, when I did it, we had a small group. I picked uh, two other families that I knew were going to be committed um, and, and to, to, to start it, right, to, to, so they could help cast the vision afterwards. And so you can do it in a small group like that. You can do it in a Sunday school class, um, which may, or, you know, if you have small groups throughout the week, uh, that could be something that they could take uh, seven, eight weeks to do, to go through. Um, or what we've seen a lot of churches do is they're just taking this book and they're saying, here you go, here's a parent resource. And it's, it's done in such a way um, that parents can go through it. We've developed a leader guide because, we, again, we want to, to remove any barrier 
Um, and but truthfully, this is done in such a way where they can just take it and and, and use it. Good deal. Thank you. Yes, sir. So Jamie kind of talked a little bit personally for him with his son in the car and how that's worked out in their family. Uh, for the, for the rest of you guys who have gone through this or have you know close friends and are associated with other people who have. What are some of the ways that you've seen it really successfully kind of play out into the natural flow of life? Yeah, so uh, so we, we recently did it in our church with our parent resource center, and they took some parents through it. My wife was in it. I wasn't in it because it was a Wednesday night, and pastors never really get to participate in the stuff with their families, um, ironically. but um, And so she was having to do it a lot. And it just wasn't happening because she was getting home and, and, you know, she was like, this is great. The youth pastor's wife's failing miserably at, at doing what we're supposed to do. And you helped with the project. And so I started thinking through it. And it was like, you know, we've got to do something because you know, I do a lot like what Jamie does. When I take my daughters to school, I spend the entire ride on the way to school going over like, hey, what's some key verses we can learn? What's the gospel? What's the Great Commission? What's the, the, all this stuff? But to do it formally. So what I started doing is, is I would read all of the lessons in one sitting. Um, just because they don't take that long at all. I wasn't having a discussion. I was just reading it, which maybe was 30 minutes, if, if that. Um, I'd take like one or two notes, and then whenever I would be at a meal with my family, um, I would go straight into it. And we didn't pull a book out necessarily in a formal manner, per se, but it was just, hey, you know, when we talk about, you know, God's Word, it says that, you know, don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the Word. Okay, what do you, what do you think that is? Kinsley, what do you think that is? Um, and we would just walk through the lesson while everyone was eating. Um, and that's what ended up having to work for us, because that was really the only time that all four of us were sitting down for a, an undistracted, undeterred moment um, in, in our context. That's how it worked for us to, to make that happen. Or Brooke worked it into the bedtime routine whenever I wasn't there at night. Um, and so it took about three weeks for us to figure that out, though. So we went three weeks of getting only about one or maybe two in, and then we, we finished strong at the end. And so that's what worked for me. Yeah, for, for my personal family, we did it as a nighttime devotion. I have a five-year-old, and so it was easy for my husband and I to sit down with him and do that as part of our devotional time before prayer and bedtime routine. And so that was really sweet for us. And um, one of the things that I love about the Missional Families Guide is just how it's something that's so accessible to my family with a preschooler, just as much as it is accessible to his family with, you know, older children. And that was one of the things that was a joy whenever we brought it into our own church is because of the diversity of the families that we have within the walls of um, our, you know, of my local church where I serve. And so one of the beauties of that was really getting to encourage them, as both of these guys have mentioned um, we kind of did a hybrid of some of our, small, we're a small group oriented church, and so we had the opportunity, one of our small groups was really excited about it, and they got in there, and they used the leader guide, and everyone in that small group, they went, they went along, and each week did, you know, week one together, the next sun, Sunday they met together, they did week two, and then they went home during the week. But for, for my church, we did that with, you know, we had one small group, but then we had families that were really excited about them, but weren't part of a small group that was um, using this guide, or their family life necessitated that they were only able to do one a week. And so I was really able to come alongside them and encourage them and say, hey, it's okay if it takes you six months to get through this. 
that's okay. I would rather you get tons of richness of who God is and, you know, what it means to be on mission as a family and for your kids to hear the gospel and for you to reach your neighbors than to spend, okay, you got seven weeks and then it's done. So for us, giving our families that freedom, as you guys mentioned, to give them the book was really exciting. And our families felt really encouraged in what they were doing and for us to go back and check in on them. So I know the families who have our missional family guide. And so I can go back to them and say, hey, how's it going? And, you know, we put together some great resources to encourage them. But we're also able to come alongside them as leaders and to encourage them. And, you know, hey, guys, don't give up. Reaching your neighbors is, you know, what God's word tells us to do. Reaching our kids is what God's word tells us to do. And so um, that's one of the exciting things for me with Acts 239. I think a a testament just to add kind of to the ease of how it can be picked up is that we just recently learned that a, a church we work with in Honduras, our translator, uh, saw us promoted on social media for our parents to use in this seminar we just went through and he went on and looked it up and started doing it with his family in Honduras and is getting ready to translate it and take it to his church. Um, and we didn't even know this was taking place until he's already about 75% of the way through it. Um, and, and so, I mean, that's like we tried to create something that could actually work without us being present or anyone being present that has to have an education or the vocational call or anything like that. And so... I think Stephanie mentioned, touched on a couple things that are real important. Number one, if you're putting this resource in their hands, no matter if you're doing it through small group or you're just saying, hey, go, go get it, and, 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 and you're, you're touching base with them, and, and yes, they only maybe do one devotion in two weeks, <laughs> hey, praise the Lord. I mean, because that might have been the only one they've ever done in two weeks. So just, just count that as a win. But at the same time, and this is kind of the second thing, it's what she mentioned too, is, is, is you got to keep tabs with people. You got to hold them accountable. Now, in a small group setting, yeah, you got a, it's sort of built in a bit as far as just seeing them on a week to week basis. But if, if you choose to do it in, a, in, in another format, hey, that's great. But just know that that element of accountability is very important. And it's just from the standpoint of just, it's us as iron sharpens iron, as we're holding each other accountable, we're lifting each other up, and, and we're, we're just being each other's cheerleader through this. So, um, if I'm a church, do I need to go through the state convention to order more of these? Or, I know the videos and stuff are available online, how would I go about getting those? Well, actually, the, the parent guide and the leader guide are both free downloads. Okay, so you don't need to get, get them through the convention at all. Wait, how much? Yeah. <laughs> free? <laughs> But now, if you, if you, yeah, if you do want the physical copy, I'm afraid I do have to charge you. But I'm losing money when I when you buy this because this costs me eight dollars to print it. But I'm charging five because I just feel like okay, I'll spend my budget to put it in your hands. That's fine. If you'll go, if you'll go a little bit with me on it. I know that some people rather have the physical, but then at the same time, here here's another couple couple ideas. You know, download it. Of course, you can put it on your device. But, you know, you could print it at your church. I mean, that's fine. It's, just a, it's a printable PDF. There's also the feature, and I don't know if it's, yeah, I didn't, I, I didn't put that on the screen. But there's also a feature, it's called Flipbook. It's really, really cool. Uh, it's kind of like uh, Kindle-esque a bit. But it's right there on the website. You just go to it, you click on it, say enlarge the, the, the screen, and it's actually a Kindle book that you're flipping like a page right there on your, on your device. So the way this is designed, do you think, because there's, it's designed for asking your child this, 
um, do you think it would work in the context when it's the child who's trying to lead a family devotion at home? Yeah, absolutely. One of the things that we we did and um, it wasn't my idea. It was from one of the the families that I was doing this with. They're like, "Hey, you know, we're modeling this for our children, and we were having them take part in this. Why can't they also lead this?" I was like, "Yes, right, score." And so, absolutely. Um, even if you have a younger one and they're just starting to read, maybe they re- they read the devotion or they read the Bible passage. Um, but yeah, absolutely. And what my kids love to do, because I don't know if your kids are competitive, but my kids are highly competitive. They like to ask each other the question to see if they could stump them, you know? So, absolutely. Yeah, I think to add to that, I think sometimes the misnomer is, is that adults are more advanced than children are, um, especially in this realm, and, and not saying that to be disrespectful, but uh, there's a lot of adults in our churches that won't do stuff like this because they can't handle questions larger than the questions that are in there. And so if all the kid did was turn the question around, of course, an adult's going to be able to think in more abstract ways and philosophical terms and stuff like that, but it, it's still going to apply, um, and it's going to start teaching the parent how to engage um, with their child when they do ask questions. Good question, Robert. Thanks, ma'am. Yes, sir. What about um, parents who are somewhat timid, but because you're in a, uh, let's say, a small group, and we're going through this, and because of the... Uh, accountability factor, they do this. What do they do after that? That's a great question. We just came out of that uh, with, uh, with two of my leaders, Eric and, and, and Megan Calloway. Uh, we've actually got that question a lot. And, and um, I'll speak to the one answer that Eric gave, and I'll let one of them speak to some of the other answers we've had. But Eric said, uh, do it again. And uh, because, like, you know, uh, uh, Stephanie said that you know, most parents, I mean, I, I was one of them. For three weeks, we didn't get through five official devotions, but um, do it again. If you're not, not ready for that, uh, you know, if, if you want to have something to lead you through it, because uh, in some ways it's kind of like the Bible. If you read the Bible through twice, you usually, you know, if you keep the same Bible for five years and read it through every single year, eventually the entire thing's colored, um, you know, because you're seeing something different every time you, you, you come through. And so I think that would be one of the things that could be next is to encourage them that, hey, why don't you go through it again? Um, and start focusing on things that maybe you missed the first time or things that you felt like maybe I could have done better. Yeah, I, I think, um, so what, what we've done next, um, what, what I saw my kids doing is, okay, we're having, we, we did a lot of dinner times as well and had discussion. Um, and then I would ask them what they're doing for their quiet time. Um, by the, the grace of God, all, all three of my children know the Lord. And so they're in the Word, except they weren't because they were waiting for this, and they were counting that as their quiet time. And so after we got through this, um, what we started doing, I said, okay, we're just going to continue these conversations, but I'm just going to ask you what you've learned in your quiet time, and you're going to ask me what I've learned, and we're going to hold each other accountable. And that's been a blessing, because uh, I see my, my littlest one just run and go grab her, her notebook where she's taking notes. And, um, and then, I, you know, there's been times where I've just had to confess, you know, guys, I'm sorry, I didn't do it today. Daddy makes mistakes, but you know what? We have a God that doesn't, and He loves us, and He forgives us. And so even in, in those messing up times, we have an opportunity to share. Um, but that, that's what we've done, and it's been, uh, it's been extremely good. And that's really, too, the goal is 
this is create, hopefully hoping to create a rhythm in their home. You know, in Deuteronomy 6, 7, it says when you sit at home, talk to them. When you sit at home, go down the road, lie down, get up. So it's the rhythm of your day. And what these what these folks have been sharing is just how they did it in the rhythm of their day. And Jamie just gave a, a great illustration of just how, OK, the book's done, but, you know, we're not done as disciples. So let's let's just take it to another level. Let's talk. About, I, I think that was beautiful what your family's doing. So just helping them to say, hey, well, you've started this rhythm. Just keep it going. Yeah, and I think another aspect of that, if you want to be bold enough, is what do we do next? Is You take other families through it yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's how you can do it again. Because as you all know, you, you grow exponentially when you're the one that has to teach it. Mm-hmm. Um, well, let me ask you this. Uh, you said that uh, this goes back to the biblical content, which I applaud you on that, certainly. But the thing is that um, talking to a child, do you find that um, that the biblical instruction that is using the scripture, using the Bible study book, and uh, getting biblical content into the children, how important is that, or is it more the relational thing? Which yes, 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 yeah, yeah. Um, so to, to break that down a little bit, right, um, you got to have that relationship with your children, especially as they're getting older, because that builds trust. And if they don't trust you, they're not going to trust what you're, you're saying and sharing. But at the same time, it's not my word that transforms. It's God's word. And so I need to be sharing God's word. And so I think you have to have both. It's, it's, yeah. Yeah, I think it's a big, big deal, especially with kids that are that are younger, is that we get past the notion of they have to earn our trust, and we have to work harder to earn theirs. Um, you know, if, uh, if we'll listen to them when they're younger, they'll listen to us when they're older. Um, and so I, I think a big thing is is having those conversations. Uh, for for me, the big thing is is where I can is be transparent about my my failings. Uh, actually, was at a conference this weekend speaking and had Kinsley with me, which is my oldest. She's ten and. I told her, I said, hey, I may use you for some illustrations. Is that okay? And she said, yeah, that's fine. And, uh, and so we were talking about mistakes. And, and I said that, you know, the reality is that you don't have to tell your kids what you do wrong. Like, so if I were to say, hey, I'm going to tell you what I've done wrong today. If Kinsley was here, she's not going to get a notebook out and start taking notes to make sure she could remember. And I said, is, is that right, Kinsley? Does daddy make mistakes? And she said, all the time. <laughs> a little too transparent, Kay, but thank you. Um, and so... But the point is, is that because of that, she knows that there's not this huge separation between us because we're the same. Like she makes mistakes. I make mistakes. I get to talk about grace that I receive from Christ and I get to extend grace to her. But then the really big one is, is that she gets to extend grace to me. Um, and so I think it's, it's, it's a both and taking that relationship and, and allowing the content to flow through that relationship and see what that looks like. And I think it's a great thing to remind our parents, too, that it's not just limited to what's the book. If you don't have the book in your hand, it doesn't mean that that's when it stops. You know, that's the the jump-off point, is that that lets us have conversations in everyday moments with our kids. So for myself, with my preschooler, we started with that devotional that night, but then the next day, it trickled into, hey, we're driving to preschool in the morning, and so we were able to have more conversation. 
And then we get home in the evening and he's getting his bath and we're able to have more conversation about our neighbor. And we're able to talk about our neighbors when we're driving past their homes. And, you know, we live in a small neighborhood, so we could stop and pray for specific neighbors on our way home that night. So for my preschooler, that made it really concrete and real to him. And whenever you think about um, the levels of learning, the levels of biblical learning with a preschooler, that concrete thought that he got from what we learned that night was huge for him. So, and I pray that God uses that in his heart and in his life. Last question, brother. I was just going to make a statement like Eric was saying. Uh, I've got, I'm 55, I've got kids, it's 30, I've got a 25-year-old, and I've got a 13-year-old. Mm-hmm. And uh, my son, he went into ministry, my daughter's still in church. Uh, not that I've got it figured out, because right. I don't. Right. Uh, but what you're saying, transparency with your kids, uh, unless, I mean, I am just, I was just real with my kids. Yeah. I was a pastor. I'm an associate pastor, uh, and I, I would go to them if they saw me, if I'd done something wrong, if I said something wrong, if I treated their mother <laughs> wrong. They see I it. I went to them. Yeah. And I said, I've asked your mom to forgive mm-hmm. me, and I'm asking right. you to forgive me. I Good mean, man. transparency. Uh, if, and so many times, it, it flips me out a little bit. I'm back in youth ministry now. At 55, I'm like, what am I doing? What are you doing, Lord? Uh, it is it is amazing the breakdown at home yeah. where there is no conversation. They don't know how to talk to it. No, they the don't. parents they're they're missing. Mm-hmm. That you the earbuds in the in the car. Who said that? Yeah, I believe it's you. Mm-hmm. Uh, they live there. I mean, they shut they shut. They're worth shutting them out, and then mm-hmm. they're getting into all kind of stuff mm-hmm. and. There is no failure. Yeah. Okay, if you're in the Word of God, mm-hmm. there is no failure. Okay, and then uh, you and you got that book in your hand. Thank y'all for saying that. If you get one done a week, hallelujah, <laughs> hallelujah. that's more than you've been doing. <laughs> and that's the way we've got to look at it. And we feel, you know, and I know guys. A lot of times we look at it like we didn't do this. We didn't stay on task. It's okay mm-hmm. if we're giving them the word of God. That's that is the main thing. That's right. And they're seeing it in our life that we're being that example of who the Lord is, and we're willing to say, right. "Hey, I'm sorry." That's right. I, I, you know, I, I was harsh to your mother. I said, yeah. "You know," mm-hmm. and that to me, I think in my life, that I think helped my kids to understand. You know, you discipled them. Yes. You did. You discipled them. And by the way, make sure you tell this to your moms and dads when y'all are teaching, when you're resourcing. Because whenever I come and do a resource uh, training event, I, I tell moms and dads this all the time. I says, look, you are training your, your kids, you think? Okay, but actually you're raising your grandkids here. You know what I'm talking about? Because I'm a grandfather now. I have two, two grandsons. We used to put our, our, our daughter and our, and our son to bed, and, and it, it was kind of our, our nighttime was sort of our deal. And, and you know what our daughter does with our grandson? The very same thing we did with her. It's amazing. And so just, just make sure you're just walking alongside these moms and dads, encouraging them. Get these grandparents, get them in this game because they're valuable resource to you. We could talk a lot more about that a little bit later. I got to let you go to lunch. Real quick, there's how you get this stuff downloaded. It's all free. It's all there on the website. There's even, there's even a 
uh, two different promo videos. When you go to the website, you should be able to find them. One is for, uh, for the leader, like if you're trying to recruit leaders to help you with this. But then there's also two, just if you're just wanting to do this in your church, this is a, this is a family promo. We, we, sort of, we sort of shorten the leader one down a little bit to kind of help you be able just to just really publicize it to your congregation. Eric, would you close this, please, sir? Yeah, let's pray. Father, we thank you for the day you've given us. Lord, we thank you for these leaders in the room. God, I pray for their churches. I pray for their own home context and just their own uh, opportunities to be missional. God, I just pray for wisdom as they lead uh, the parents that they'll come in contact with and grandparents. And God, I pray for your hand to be upon their church and that you'd bless their church and bless this ministry. God, Lord, we know you call us to be missionally minded and to be about the family and for the family to be the unit that, that reaches the nations, Father, through the church. And God, Lord, we just ask that you be with us. God, give us the strength to do us. Give us uh, the parents that are willing to do it. May we be encouraging, maybe be graceful, uh, maybe have an unconditional heart and love for them to see them succeed in leading their children and grandchildren to you, Lord. We thank you for all that you do. We thank you for the cross and the fact of the resurrection. It's in the most holy and precious name of Christ we ask and pray. Amen.